You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, this week's guest, Danielle Panabaker, The Flash. Flash fans out there, I got Killer Frost on the podcast this week. You also know her from a bunch of stuff, kids' movies like Sky High, horror movies, which I love, The Crazies. I really like The Crazies. In this week's episode, we talk about uh, how Danielle was teased as a kid for being a nerd and a teacher's pet. I was teased because I was dumb. Auditioning for Mean Girls and being crushed when she didn't get the part. I mean crushed. How she loves the cast and crew of The Flash. Plenty of stories from set and getting nightmares after watching fucking Bambi. Yep, she said she uh, can't watch scary movies yeah. uh, once it's dark out. I couldn't date a girl who couldn't watch scary movies. Could you, Rob? Uh, I would be fine with that. My wife doesn't like scary movies. Really? I just love scary movies. I lo- it's like a thrill to me. I just I, It's like an adrenaline rush, like I said. Let's get inside of Daniel Panabaker. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. It's Rob. He's 28, 29. He's got a he's kid. Shaking his he's head. Got, he, he just a, shook his head. He has a child. He's married already. He's already oh. advanced in a lot of ways, more than I am. He has a kid? Yeah. Oh, how old? How old? One. Uh, he, no, he's eight months. <laughs> well, you round it. Isn't it easier to say one? I don't know. I feel like with babies, like you count. Yeah, after a year, you go to years. But... All my friends are pregnant, so right now I'm in the stage of like counting in weeks. Like, oh, how many how many weeks are you? But see, I think it gets annoying when people like when, when they start going past it. You're like, oh, how old's your kid? Oh, 26 months or 18 months? That's true. You mean a year 20, and a half? 26 you months, fucking... I feel like, is close to two. Like, Come on. Like, we just round. I mean, he is the father, so he is sort of the expert in the room. Is he? I think. Is he the you expert? You would know more than I. Uh, Danielle Nicole Panabaker. That is my full name. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to go Nicole because Nicole, Nicole kind of could be what? What do you mean? I didn't want to go well, Nicole. Well, Danielle's a better name than, than Nicole. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a choice. My parents gave me that name. I guess I could have had a choice. That's actually. could have switched true. around. My sister went by her middle name for a long What's time. What's her middle name? K. K. Mm-hmm. Every kiss begins there. there See, did she hear that in high school? I don't think so. Oh, God. Because well, we didn't really go, neither my sister nor I really went the traditional high school route. So I got like teased in middle school, but not really in high school because I only went to my freshman you year. You got teased in middle school. Oh, for sure. Who didn't get teased in middle school? Those who didn't go to middle school. I didn't start puberty till late. I didn't have hair under my arms till I was like, is that Last a thing? Week. Is that a thing in locker rooms? I think like for guys? a guy, you want hair under your arms. Like uh-huh. for a girl, you probably don't. Yeah, Unless you're into great. that stuff and you're into the whole Grateful Dead stuff and you want hairy ar- do armpits. We, do each their Do own. you want that? No, I don't. No, want I don't want own. that. No. No. But I wanted it. In, then. In, <laughs> in middle school. I did. I, I wouldn't play shirts and skins. I've talked about this before, but when we oh. played basketball because I was, if I was skins, be. people were like, Rosenbaum, you're 16. Why don't you have hair under your armpits? And I remember one time they said something. Mike Curry down the street. Hey Rosenbaum, so why don't you have armpit hair? Never leave our heads. No, but he was really hairy, and I was the opposite. And I said, "Oh, I don't have any hair because I shave it because I'm on the swim. I'm swimming. I'm a I swimmer." I like that you had an answer. I had an answer. I, f- I found out. I read that swimmers shave their body because it's the what, what do you call it, Rob? Aerodynamic. Aerodynamics. Thank you. And did Mike Curry buy it? I, I probably not. Probably not. But I was a nerd. Like you know, you were in middle school. Oh, I was in high school. I couldn't get you know nailed in a wood shop. Um, Wait, just didn't work the out movie for me. you did with Morena, mm-hmm. was that about your high school experience? It was, no. No, it was about a high school reunion. It was more about a guy who was actually popular in high school, so that's uh, why it was fantasy. Uh, 
And it was about a guy who wasn't happy with his life in Los Angeles because all he's done is a couple commercials called Back in the Day, little plug. But he comes back for a reunion and sort of falls in love with the idea of being back home and the girl that got away. But all these things, and he's just, you know, he's not happy with his life. And he comes back to find that he, he still shouldn't be where he is. They, they stayed there for a reason. Right. And, and he left families. for a reason. Yes. And so, Exactly. Sort of, that's sort of it. Wow, you're smart. <laughs> Thanks. You're right. So you you mentioned her because that's kind of how we met. It is, I think. Danielle Panavaker, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. Of course, my pleasure. I really appreciate that. That's what that's what we say. I say every episode. I like it. Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, well, we met through Marina. She had a dinner party. Yes. Was it like Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving or something? Um, I don't know, but it was at their fancy. It was like a nice little fancy house somewhere in the hills or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we met. I, that sounds right to me. Uh, that's about it. Did that she, had she had Julius by that point? Because um, Jules is a couple years old now. Did she? I don't know. But I have a list in there. You know what? I, I do keep this thing where it's like, this is their kids. This is my friend, Carrie. She has a cat named so-and-so. I have Because nice. I, I can't remember. I just... Put it like in their contact in your phone book. Right well, don't you want to feel like you sort of like care, even though you do care, but you want yes. you want to present it like, hey, they know the name. It makes them feel good. Yes, because for I sure. forget things. It doesn't mean I love you less, Nicole. But you, you know what I'm trying to tell yes, you. Totally. So do you do that too, or do you have a really great memory? One of those actresses that have just a great. I have memory. a terrible memory for lines, but like in terms of holding on to stuff with people I love, I do try and hold on to information really well. My friend Ben Feldman, for years, used Jew? to. Get- yeah, yeah, how'd you guess? Um, every year I'd text him on his birthday and he would say, how do you remember? Like, I'm not even on Facebook. And, you know, there are things you just hold on to. That's good. You seem like a good friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. You do. I have very good friends, so hopefully I can reciprocate. Yeah. It's hard in this business to keep the same friends around. I mean, it's just you're doing so much and you're always busy. You're constantly it working. Is. You work in Vancouver. Yes. I was going to say, you in particular, I think, can empathize because, yeah. you know, the... Look, at least it's Vancouver to LA. Like that's an okay same time zone. Mm-hmm. You know, but Which, that's where everything films, guys out there. Every show, oh gosh, Flash, so Arrow, fun. Smallville filmed there. Um, name another one. I mean, Flash, everything. Arrow, Supergirl, Legends, Deadpool, the movie. Uh, yes, everything films there. Yes. And was it easier for you because you kind of crossovered into a lot of shows, right? Didn't you do Arrow? and We do do crossovers. So that is the only time really when we go to other shows. We're on the same lot as Arrow. I think Bates Motel used to shoot on our lot. And you would think that we'd see other people sort of wandering around the stages, but not really. I mean, not. I think we're all just so busy. And here's the other thing about Vancouver. It gets so dark and so rainy. It's not like it's nice to just go for a stroll in Vancouver yeah. in February. Yeah, people, they say, oh, my gosh, where do you film? I'm like, well, we filmed in Vancouver for seven years. Like, oh, that place is awesome. I'm like, yeah, when were you there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was there in July with my mm-hmm. hubby. Yeah, I'm like, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, great. But nine months a year, it's awful. I don't give a shit. I'll say it right now. I love Canadians. I, would, I love Vancouver. I don't care. Too. I'm going to be honest with you. Your country is – Canada's beautiful. It's cold. Vancouver – I can name most of the provinces there. Most. I can in the territories. I I know the whole anthem. Do you know? No, not at all. By the way, it's- oh Canada, Keep our going. home and native land. And I do love Canadians. Me too. They don't have any anger issues. You ever seen a Canadian mad? Yeah, I feel like I have. I haven't. No one in seven years of filming Smallville, none of your crew members ever got mad at anyone. I don't think so. And I don't know how they didn't scream at a couple of directors, but I screamed yeah. for them. <laughs> I did. I said, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. But I've Vancouver is mad. But like, it doesn't, it's a different kind of mad. You're right. Yeah. I think Americans have a little, they're a little more 
mm-hmm. they get hotter. For sure. Canadians are just even keeled, man. Yeah. I'm sure they leave and go, oh, those fucking Americans. <laughs> going out, going out for a rep. They call it a rep. Did you know that? No. Going for a rep there, are you, bud? Oh, Canadians go for a rep. That. It's for a drink, I guess. I think I have heard that. Yeah. So you grew up where? In Georgia? So no, I moved so every wrong. two years growing up. I know. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. I know. Kids. I had to because I, I, I had to look some information because we don't know each other that well. It's like, again, I talk about this in Hollywood. You don't know. We don't no. really know, but we're getting to know each other. We it's are. Great. Um, moved almost every two years growing up uh, until I have a younger sister who I mentioned earlier. And the two of us started. K. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't look at the paper either. <laughs> I, I remember that. I care. So we started acting, doing like community theater and stuff, and we moved to a couple different cities. And then once my sister and I had worked enough that people said, oh, you should go to L.A. You should go to L.A. for a pilot season. That was probably close to 15 years ago. But so. you're blitzing through all the – like the yeah, cause it's I call every two it the years. important stuff. Okay. Because, you know, to you, I'm sure you told the story. Maybe you could like twist it a little bit. But – Moving around as a kid, it's, it's hard horrible. enough growing up as a kid just being in the same place. I didn't fit in. But so every two years, you're the new kid in Always town. Always the new kid. Yeah, it was tough. It, I, you Did know, you cry so, to your parents about oh, it? Oh, of course. Uh, the move from between Pennsylvania and Georgia in particular was really hard for me. Like when, we, when I found out that my dad was being transferred again, it was very traumatic and I was very sad And what did he do? Uh, he works still for DuPont um, and he DuPont. works in sales. Mm-hmm. They make the vegetable stuff, the can, vegetable cans, stuff. and what was mom doing growing up? Uh, raising my sister, which is as hard of a job, if yes. not harder than what your Being dad was doing. Being a mom or homemaker, yeah, totally. right. And you made good friends in these places, and and then you had to leave. Absolutely, yes. Do you still hang out with them or talk to any of them? No, I mean, you know, when I was in grade school, it was pre email, pre Facebook, pre any of those things. They're kind of lucky in a way because <laughs> everybody comes back out of the woodwork. <laughs> they do. Hey, remember me? It's Susan Deering. I mean, I am still friends with my middle school English teacher on Facebook. I don't wait know a minute. Else. Yeah, you were friends. This so right away. This tells me how we differ <laughs> because you're friends with a teacher. Yes, at this the, is Smith. Which, which, do you know in fourth grade that was my favorite teacher? It was the only oh, really? one of the only teachers I remember. There's a couple, Aww. but I have a feeling you were the bright kid, and the teachers loved you because you were smart and you were pleasant to be around. All right, so you became friend. You, you keep in touch with Mrs. Smith. Uh, I mean, keep in touch is a loose. Term. How old is Mrs. Smith? She's retired now, so she's probably, I would guess, probably 60 or 70. 60 or 70? Mm-hmm. So you were popular in school or not so much? Not popular at all. No. Always a big nerd. Big nerd meaning what? Oh, always like made fun of for, you know, a torture. I mean, middle school. I was always, I was also always really short, which is ironic because now I'm. Yeah, you're a giant. You're not a giant. Thanks. No, but you're like five seven. You're a good height. Thank you. I'm. It's very happy with my height, but I (laughs) was a late bloomer too. And so in middle school and high school, I was just this tiny little kid who happened to be really good at math. So I 100%. Nine times seven. I don't know, 63. Eight times 12. I'm not going to do this game. You're not going to do it? No. But you said you're really good at... I was. That oh, was a long oh, time ago. This oh. was like, you know... I was never good at math. Never? So I was hoping you'd help me out with the, a few of the problems that I've had today. <laughs> okay. So you're... But you're, you were smart. Ish, yeah. And you didn't have a lot of friends? Um, I mean, moving every two years, it's hard to hold on to friends. Do you feel like that affected you as an adult? Like you don't get too close to people maybe? Or is that not true? Um, I think I had to learn when I got older how to be a really good friend. You know, when you're only friends with someone for two years, like it's never – you never really have any big fights. Like, you know, 
<laughs> no, like it's the honeymoon the phase. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, as you grow up and, you know, I have women that have been in my life for 10 plus years now and like, it's not always perfect. And, you know, as I got older, I think I had to learn how to be a good friend and how to communicate as a friend and that sort of thing. Were you a tough kid? I don't think so. I think I think I was and still am very sensitive. You're very sensitive. Do you yeah. cry a lot? Do I cry a lot? I don't know that I would say what I makes cry you a cry? lot. What makes you cry? I don't know. I feel like I'm also, I'm that person who like when I get so angry, I cry. When I don't quite have the words for it, it just somehow manifests itself in tears. Um, so you're moving around. At what age do you think, it sounds, I mean, you didn't have a tremendous amount of confidence probably growing up. No, I don't think so. So why become an actor? And I, go, I want to hear this because what made you think, oh, I want to do that? So... We moved every two years growing up, and every time we moved to a new city, it was – my parents tried to keep us involved in the community in various different ways. And, you know, Girl Scouts was the thing we did for a lot of years. But then when my family moved to Georgia, the public school system in Georgia at the time was not great. And so my parents ended up pulling us out of public school and homeschooling us. And so when you're homeschooled, I mean, it was me, my mom, and my sister. Like, How old? That was fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade. Um and so we started doing community theater. That was a way to like be around kids our own age and that sort of thing. So and it wasn't even your idea. I mean, I think it was one of the things that was an option. I think we also did cheerleading when we lived in the South. And like that clearly wasn't meant for me. <laughs> um, so we tried community theater and we loved it. Uh, and that was fun. And I your do. sister was doing this with you. So, mm-hmm. she, so obviously you guys are best friends. And what's the age difference? Two and a half years. You're older. Yes. Right. And so you guys stuck together. You're totally. being homeschooled. Oh, yeah. Community theater is the only thing you're doing with like other kids. And so there's a strong bond. So your best friend, you had to hold on to each other. Absolutely. Also, you know, again, moving every two years, like all you, all we had was each other, really. Did you guys fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's absolutely. the screamer? Are you okay? Who's the screamer? Who's the thrower? There's got to be a thrower in there. My brother threw go- golf balls. It's been so um, long since we've had a fight like that. Oh, my God. My brother's thrown everything at me. Really? He, here's what happens. He'd everything? Lo- not now. But he would lose his temper. And it's probably what serial killers do. So in a normal person's mind. I'm not sure how your brother's well, going to feel about you equating He'll like it. He'll, he'll understand. Killer. We have a crazy family. But you see, I think like, you know, if you get super mad at someone, the first thing you think of probably if you're a murderer or a serial killer is killing them. Okay. So my brother's first thought was, I've got to throw anything at him that is within <laughs> arm's length. Grab. So he, I don't care what it was. It was this mic stand. If it was a chair, whatever he could throw. And he could have killed me years ago. I choked him out once. I mean, thank goodness he didn't kill you. I mean, yeah. really, you choked him out? Yeah, Isn't but, that necessary? Well, I didn't really choke him out. I didn't kill the guy. But I mean, we, were, we, we, we didn't like each I other like growing up. I that's the difference up. between boys and girls, too. He was spoiled. Yes, that's true. Girls don't want to kill each other, do they? No. Although one of your like, favorite movies I read is Mean Girls. Oh, I did love that movie. Yeah, well, it was there, a great There's movie. the dark side I'm looking for. For sure. I no, mean, no. look, we can go back to being tortured in middle school. Like, everybody lives through that. What was the worst thing someone said about you that you just always kind of stuck with? You You know how I have those things where if somebody said something, you're like, oh, you're short or you're, you know, you know what it rings with me is you're dumb. It's so funny how that stuff from our formative years just like sticks with us. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily remember anything in specific. I just was teased for being a nerd. Like, and I feel like ultimately that's something, you know, I would try and downplay. Well, what nerd, nerdery things? I mean, I was, again, like, no, like being, I did, I did okay at school. And I think, you know, I guess sort of the Uh, idea of being a teacher's pet, I, again, excelled at math, which is really a shame because I didn't stick with it, but Oh, yeah. Kids used to joke that I was clearly, like, much older 
than whatever age I was pretending to be. And I just cut my legs off at my knees to come back and go be a middle school student again. Again, with also the being short thing. Like wow. kids are crazy. Do you feel like you take things too seriously now in life that you, you'd like to be more um, playful or fun or let that inner child out? Do you think you're too much of an adult still to this day or do you think you've always had a balance and they just didn't see it? Oh, I don't think I've always had a balance. I think that's something that I certainly work toward now. It's like knowing the difference between, you know, when it's time to have fun, you I'm a big believer. Like, you have to cut yourself a break. You can let go. 100%. Okay, so you're doing community theater. Mm-hmm. And what play was it or something that you were like, this is just fun. I want to keep doing this. Oh, all of them were fun. I mean, that was a was a kids' community theater. So it was a lot of, like, I don't know, Beauty and the Beast or um, what were other Alice ones? Alice in Wonderland. Did? Yeah, like, exactly. Alice in Wonderland. Things like that. So it was great. And then we moved to Chicago and then there wasn't as much, we didn't do as much theater there. And then we started doing commercials and stuff and different so things. You, wait, so commercials making money. Yes. So, well, yeah. it's so funny. This is a story I don't know that I've ever told before. Uh, my, Please. at some point, you know, somebody said to my parents, you know, your girls are really talented. Like you should consider letting them do this professionally. And my parents were really against it. And then I think someone told my dad, you know, how he did one national commercial and made, you know, $10,000 or something. And my dad was like, well, that could be their college funds. Like maybe we should try. And so that was, I mean, I think we had agents in Atlanta and yeah, that was sort of how the ball got rolling. But then you were good and you were booking them and he couldn't stop you. It wasn't like a one and done kind of thing. You I mean, and Kay were both booking commercials? Yeah, we were both working. I do think I do think my parents had to make sacrifices for it. Like, you know, this is another one of my favorite stories to tell is when someone first said to my parents that we should try LA, try for a pilot season, my mother didn't drive on freeways. So the idea of coming to Los Angeles <laughs> was pretty intimidating. Right. Um so, you know, they certainly had to make sacrifices to make it happen for us to get to the auditions and then to get to the jobs. And how old were you when you moved to L.A.? We came out for a pilot season probably when I was 14. 14. Mm-hmm. When did you graduate high school? How old were you? So, and this is a value that I also really have, is that my parents really valued education and getting getting their kids a, as best an education as they could was important to them. Um, so when we started coming to LA for a pilot season, if you pull a kid out of school, like the schools are not happy about that because they don't get funding when they don't get the money for the kid if the kid's not in attendance and that sort of thing. So the only way my parents would pull us out of of our excellent public schools in Chicago was if we kept up with our schooling here in California. And Mm state to state. And I learned this growing up so much because every state has different rules about what's important and at what grade you teach things. Like, you know, I was probably taught American history in every grade, but I never got world history because each state is different. And sometimes they teach in fourth grade, sometimes they teach in fifth grade. And so I just miss stuff because... Did you ever catch up on world history? Um, I'm watching the Vietnam War on PBS. Pretty spectacular. 20 hours. I like to spend time alone. So when we came out to California, again, public school districts, very different. So the only way to sort of match what my public school in Chicago was doing was to start going to um, college, a community college. So and how like, old are you when you're doing this? I was 14 or 15. So you're Doogie Howser. 
Yeah, there was like a real conversation about whether or not, because I was a minor, I was a minor going to a community college and there was a conversation about whether or not I would have to wear a uniform so that it would be very clear to anyone on campus that I was young, that I was 15 and a minor. So, oh yeah. Fortunately, they didn't make me wear a uniform. So the, it's the opposite psychological effect that you had as a kid where people think, oh, you're too old now because you're <laughs> like a teacher who's so smart and come back. Now you're going and they're putting a, 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 a whatever on your back. A yeah, scar- a yeah, scarlet letter scarlet almost. Letter yeah. yeah. So I did an independent study program out here to graduate from high school quickly in California and then just start going to college. Where did you go to college? So I did my first two years at Glendale Community College and then I transferred to UCLA. There's an olive gardener there. Is there? Yeah, I love the Olive Garden. Of all the breadsticks you can breadsticks all the bread and salad? Sticks, they send me things. Olive Garden does? Yeah, they, they do. They send me they sent me a hockey jersey because I play hockey on Monday okay. nights. They sent me it says Rosenbaum on the back. Amazing. Uh, they sent all my friends t shirts, Olive Garden t shirts. I had t-shirts. no idea you liked Olive Garden. They so sent much. me a never ending pasta coupon for two months to eat pasta twice or three times a year. I have a big group of friends for a birthday or whatever. That's they pay fun. for the whole thing. That's very generous. That's at least a hundred dollar meal right there. <laughs> I mean, this is the Olive Garden. The, this dreams come true. Do you realize I've already done enough that I I, I I could have left the business years ago? Olive Garden. Right, you just live off Olive Garden. Six flags. I go, you know what? I'm like a kid. I like the little things in life. I don't need the Lamborghinis and the Countaches <laughs> and the giant. All I need is a little olive garden and a and a dog and some, you know, some fun. Yeah, some roller coasters every once in a while. Yeah, you like roller coasters? Nope, you not don't. at all. Not at no. all. Mm-mm. You don't like fast? Yeah, I don't... Uh, you don't like going upside down? Nope. I don't really need any of it, to be honest. What? But it is hard. It's hard. You know, it's like you don't want a pity party because it's like, oh, you know, I think a lot of times people will say, oh, she's an actress. She's like, lives this glamorous life. She does this. Um, and she's away and she's in Vancouver and everybody thinks it's just all... And you don't want to complain. You're like, it's better than digging ditches. It's 100%. better than... A million percent. But... There is an essence of I miss my family. I miss them. when I was on Smallville for seven years. My family was on set. Yes, 100%. that's the only family I I knew ten months a year. Yeah, and so sometimes you get really emotional or sad because you just you miss your family, and even when you're not working for the two months, it's like your mind's oh, still yeah. just almost getting off of work. It's true. I I almost say that like for those seven years, I, I don't even remember. They were great years, and that was just a part of my life. That was just I was in Vancouver on a show, mm-hmm. and I that's what it was. It's the best. Yeah. It really is. It's you know, look, it, to be working as an actor means you are lucky. It is. It's great. I and I'm very lucky. Like I'm able to come down as again the Vancouver to LA thing. I try. I try and make an effort to come down as often as possible. Do so. you work every day on the flash? No, no. It takes. So we have. It takes. Almost nine days. It takes about nine days, sometimes 10, sometimes more if it's a crossover, to do an episode. Um, And I probably work seven, sometimes five or six, sometimes all nine. So if I have a day off, they're really great about trying to give me a Monday off or a Friday off so I can come home. Now, do you consider The Flash as your big break? Because you've done a lot of work. I love that you've done a lot of horror movies because I'm a huge horror movie fan. And <laughs> you've you. been called a scream queen. Yes. But you were in Friday the 13th with Padalecki, mm-hmm. Jared, who we love on yes. Supernatural. You were in The Crazies, which I love. And I don't like many horror movies. I actually really love The Crazies. It's I thought, cool. It's it was cool. very original. And it was such a cool cast, too. It was creepy. It was super creepy. Did you ever think... And like a little bit of a political sort of spin to it. A little message. Yeah. A little, little... The water's yeah. being poisoned. Yeah. I And I really enjoyed that. Do you like doing horror movies? I- 
It's so funny. Again, I'm uh, super sensitive and everything gives me nightmares. Like there are so many shows that I can't watch. Uh, again, Homeland. I loved that show. Right. I can't watch it the night it comes out because I'll have nightmares. So I used to have to like wait and watch it. So I'm super sensitive. So I never watched horror movies. So Well, hang on a second. We, this, well, it, you're married. Yes. Hayes? Yes. Okay. Does Hayes like any of these things that you don't like? Oh yeah, definitely. He. Um, what were we just talking about? Oh, Westworld. I haven't even seen Westworld. Because it's yet. too dark for you. Yeah, would give. It's nightmares. That's now, is there it. anything therapy can do for you? Because <laughs> I, I go know. to therapy for many things. So maybe you go to therapy, and all of a sudden, I could watch a horror movie. I know the difference between fantasy and reality. I do know the difference. But I don't I know if you do because there's some <laughs> fucking good horror movies out there that you're missing, Daniel. But I could watch them. It just would have to be daylight. Does that really matter if it's daylight? Yeah, it has to. It, I think daylight helps, and also like not going right to sleep is also very important. Like I can't watch it right before I go to bed. Maybe that's the difference. I take a Xanax before I go to bed. See? I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> I just go. just a half. silence everything up here. My doctor said though it's okay if you just take a. I'm like at a really low dose just to help me to shut my mind off. But if you go any higher, if you keep getting bigger on the, then it becomes a problem. That's never yeah. been a problem. It's just a tiny little. That's good. I'm just asking for validation, Danielle. Is that okay? I mean, everybody look to each me. their own. I. I'm a big believer in everybody has to... <laughs> You're saying Xanax. Yeah, well, I'm a big I'm, believer in... I'm a fan. Uh, but also a big believer in like everybody has to do what's right for them. Like I can't... It's not my job to judge what's right for you or what's right for anyone else. Right. So, all right. So you moved, we, we jumped the gun. We, we did. Jumped we jumped from, around a lot. We sorry. did. But no, that's okay <laughs> because you jumped around a lot as a child. Yes. And this is sort of like the theme to your life. And you're in California and do you end up just staying here? You don't ever go mm -hmm. back? You never go back to Chicago? Basically, no. We came out here for a pilot season. What year is that? Probably 2003. My sister and I both did pilots. My sister's pilot went. It was a show called Summerland. And shortly thereafter, I did a mini series for HBO called Empire Falls. Um, and so we just were working so much that my parents sold the house in Chicago. I didn't even go pack it up. I think my grandparents like helped my dad pack up the house in Chicago. And I just never saw it again. And, and you've been here since 2000. 2003 -ish. 2003, so 14 yeah, years. yeah. And so it hasn't slowed down. Like no. your career pretty much has just been steady. Again, I've been very lucky. I've been Well, I think also you have to give yourself a little credit. You have tenacity, you're talented, you're, you know, I think being driven is a big part of it. Totally, it's 100%. Like, you know, well, because so much of this business is rejection and like you have to just be, in my case, stubborn enough to just keep showing up. What did you ever have you ever cried? You said you're emotional a little oh, bit. Do you for ever sure. after an audition? Oh yeah. What's one audition you remember that you wanted so bad? It's so funny because you brought it up, but Mean Girls, Mean Girls, that director. So this is gonna go back. So one of the first things I ever came to LA for was to screen test for Freaky Friday. Uh-huh. They switched the roles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I tested for it and the producer was Andrew Gunn and the director was Mark Waters. And I tested for it and it didn't go my way, obviously. And then the script for Mean Girls came around and I was I loved the script and Mark was directing that as well. And I went in and I did table reads for Paramount and everything. Oh, yeah. And originally, I think there I mean, look, my agent could have been lying to me. You never know in Hollywood like what mm -hmm. spin is put on things. But originally they were looking at me and Lindsay and Lindsay to play the Regina George role. And then at the last minute they switched it. So I didn't get it. And I like cried on the couch. Oh, really? it's so sad. Oh yeah. 
I think that's normal for women to cry or men to cry. I think it's weirder, though, if a man cries after he didn't get a part. That's really kind of weird. Is it? I don't know. I feel like if you're invested in something, like... Come on. If if your husband came home and goes, oh, my God, I didn't get it. He's not an actor. It's just weird. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, did, you, did you say to yourself, I'm never marrying an actor? I don't know that I said I'm never marrying an actor. I dated a few actors... It's a hard thing. Like my husband's an attorney and wow. his schedule's so normal and so predictable and he works so hard, which is great. But like, you know, an actor's schedule and life is so unpredictable. For me, I think the balance really works for us. That does, yeah. Does he run lines with you? <laughs> he doesn't really run lines with me. Why not? Well, because there was one time and this is sort of sort of early on when we were dating i was i was going to be on a show called franklin and bash where i was going to play a lawyer and i was running my lines with him because some of them was some right. of it was legal jargon yeah. and i'm trying to run it with him and make sure i'm pronouncing it correctly whatever and like halfway through he looks at me and goes just so you know this would never happen and i was like yes it's a tv show i'm very aware and on top of it you're never reading with me again <laughs> i think he would if i asked him to i think you know is he i guess the good thing about not dating an actor if you are an actor it's it's nice to hear what he's doing at work in yes. a case that he's working on, although it's confidential. He probably divulged. Oh, it makes me crazy how much he can't tell me. Right. I'm sorry. I signed a confidentiality agreement. I can't do that. Well, everything is client attorney privilege. So it's protected. Like he literally can't tell me anything. Is he an entertainment lawyer? He is now. Do you yeah. negotiate your deal for Flash? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Isn't it something how like anything else, like anybody listening, if you have a job and after a few years and your company's doing really well, let's imagine you're working for a company called Alcoa. Happens to be a company in India. Okay. And you start working there. And you, along with a couple of others, the business since you started is really growing mm-hmm. and the company's making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then you go, hey, I've been here for a couple of years. I mm-hmm. like to renegotiate. Mm-hmm. That's what. It, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. That's like, and so what's I'd amazing- I'd like to renegotiate. I would like- a bonus for like anything yeah, for I don't, saying, you know, they don't, you worked they don't, really hard and we appreciate you. Once somebody once told me, they said you have somebody once told everybody, you have to separate business. Yes. You have to do it from personal. And I'm like It's so hard, I think, especially as artists that. though. We are giving, you know, like it I don't know. I do again, I maybe perhaps attribute it to me being sensitive as well, but like it's hard not to take it personally. Yeah, I'm sensitive. It's like here's what it comes down to it's validation in a lot of ways. Yeah. Hey, do you like what I did? Mm -hmm. Do you think I'm worthy of a raise? Yeah. Do you think that I'm good enough that I I, I provided some sort of entertainment to fans, Mm -hmm. that I'm an integral part of this? this whatever this is in any work, in any line? And everybody will have to say yes. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very i went through hell really oh yeah i've been through hell a few times but i'll tell you what you know it comes down to when you're uh, the last show i did it only lasted a couple years and i'll say that absolute awesome to work with tv land oh yeah believe it or not tv land keith cox and seaman all those guys over there also shot in vancouver also shot in vancouver we did two seasons but i'll tell you what they up front now i'm not talking monetarily they just made me feel like like I was a part of their decision. Like, hey, so I nice. really would like this. Great. Like they made it. Like I, I, I'm happy that I'm working for this company. Yeah. So that's how I felt. So from the get go, I felt like I love you guys because you just gave me, just treated me with respect, mm-hmm. and that's all everybody wants. I don't think anybody looking for a raise Absolutely. at any job they're looking is just want a little respect. Yeah. How no, about your boss comes up to you first instead of you asking for a raise and says, "Hey, right." 
And Michael, I just want to say uh, you You've deserve been doing a raise. Great work. Great yeah. work. How often does that happen? On our show? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, it doesn't happen very often. They it take doesn't. the initiative. I like to take the initiative. I tell my assistant Jess, it's like, hey, you're doing an awful job. I'm not. You're not going to last through uh, Christmas. <laughs> No, I don't. But I, you know, I say, hey, great job on that. Really, I really appreciate you. You do things. Yeah. That's life. That's what you're, well, Of course, that's not life always, is it? No. No, but I do think that sort of thing does help create a better, more positive working environment. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. You worked with um, Kevin Costner. Oh, I did. I auditioned what for him What a dream. Once. I cried. I didn't get it. Post did you cry? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. See? I cried in the scene. All right. That's where you were channeling everything. But I remember one thing about Mr. Brooks. Okay. The scene where you take a pair of scissors and, and stick it in his neck. Mm-hmm. And I said, And Rob, then I put the glasses on and that was it, Kevin's idea. Because to become him, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I said to Rob, he, Rob's like, I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to, let's bring that, let's bring that scene up again. It was, it was dope. And he goes, I've it's seen so it. so cool. But that, right, Rob? Yep. We did it right before and you And we loved here. it. And it's really a tough scene. And I'm watching that. And you're, the, it's just you're acting because you didn't say anything. No. In that moment. And just you're, you do this weird thing with your body where you just go. I wanted it to feel very like primal and animalistic. Look, that was so fun. Like working with Kevin was a dream. It's like true. Like that's like a playground. Like you go to work and you play. Yeah. I don't know that because he didn't cast me. There's um, still time. No, there is. I, I, I really, I did. You know what? I, I remember auditioning for The Postman and I walked in, in this office and he goes, Michael, Hey. And I go, hey, Mr. Costner. He's like, Kevin, man, come on, fuck off. And he goes, sit down, man. And I go, sit on the couch. He goes, no, no, sit on the floor. Let's work on this <laughs> scene awesome. together. And we worked on it for an hour. It's great. And I still didn't get it. I couldn't I figure mean, it out. But look, you had such a cool I did. experience, it was an experience. with Kevin Costner. It was an experience. You've had a lot of great experiences. I have. And you've done a lot of horror movies, but you hate horror movies. I didn't say I hate horror movies. I just can't watch them at night before I go to bed. Well, how do you feel about when you're acting in them? That's also like the embarrassing part for me is it's like you acted in this movie. You know when the bad guy's about to jump out and you're still scared? Like, come on. You can't watch yourself even die? I don't like watching myself, period. So like watching myself in a horror movie, I don't know. Why don't you like watching yourself? Because I'm so critical of myself. I am too. But do you ever look at yourself and just say, God, I was fucking good there? Nope. Not once. I don't think so. Not you once. Your whole. I've said it before. I don't know. I've said, God, you're awful. God, you're milking the camera. God, you're not working. <laughs> yes. God, you're working it. Yes. God, you, you deliver your lines it's true. Like, like a fraud. What face were you making? Like, yep. really? That was as good as you could do. Oh. I've called myself a fraud. I mean, myself. I think <laughs> actors like because you know we know when we're faking it. Like you know, even if even if you can fool anybody else, you as an actor, I think, do know when you're faking it. How hard are you on yourself when you're acting? Pretty hard. I think, like, if you watch the bloopers of Flash, like, I'm the only bloopers you really see of me are me cursing because I'm so frustrated with myself that I'm messing up. So you're a serious actor. You take it when you get to work. You're serious. Are you fun? Because I've worked with actors or actresses that aren't fun, and I'm a kid. I'm the opposite. Oh, our set is so goofy. And because most of my co-stars are theater actors originally, they, I think we all come to work prepared and... Knowing your mind. Yeah, it's great. It's the best because as soon as you get there, like as soon as we've gotten the master, all bets are off for how ridiculous it's going to be. Tom Cavanaugh's mission in life, I think, is to mess me up as much as possible and to make everybody laugh all the time. So, okay, that's good. So it's a really like, yes, we take our work seriously. We come to work prepared, you know, having done our homework, but we are pretty goofy. How's Grant? Great. Is he great? He really is. He's a young guy. Yeah, but you know what? He's been doing this a while and he did theater. 
I adore. He's the Flash. Yeah, I had Grant and his fiance. You know, like they're two of my favorite people. Someone, some fan goes, "Why weren't you the Flash?" And I go, "Well, because I'm, I could be his father, and my body's <laughs> not near as good as his." Uh, but yeah, I was just the voice. It doesn't really matter. But you that was were? fun. I was the voice for the Flash called Justice League. Uh, what was it? Oh, Unlimited. That's awesome. For a couple of years, it was great. It was a great show. It was fun. It was voiceover. You've done voiceover stuff. Yeah, voiceover the best. Stuff. It's what a dream great. job, right? hundred percent. I mean, it's like you're a kid again. Yeah. You work with Tom Felton. I did. How was Tom Felton? That's that's Malfoy. So I'd actually known Tom for a long time. My best friend Juliana did a movie with him probably seven years ago. And so I'd known Tom for a while. And he actually called me before he came on the show and said, he said, do you really have as much fun as it looks like you're having? And I said, yeah, we do. Like, again, same thing I just said to you, like we come to work prepared, but we do have a great time up there. So it was great. He was a wonderful addition to the show. He brought a really nice energy. Yeah, he seems he's a genuine guy. He seems like just yeah. a really nice guy. He's really quiet. He's got a big heart. Yes. He's a really quiet guy, keeps to himself, kind of, but very friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you talk to him. Yes. Which I did. Yes. But I feel like me. that's most, that's a lot of actors. Like you have to, like they're actually nice people. Yeah. They're just like me, very shy. Like I'm sort of, I can be sort of shy to like say hello first. I'm just so uncomfortable that I feel like I have to create this confidence and energy that I just. There you I, go. Fake it till you make it. Well, I just, I mean, I, I'm never comfortable around people. I'm starting to get comfortable with you now. In the beginning, we didn't know each other, but I feel now we're talking. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's you know? kind of fun. No, it's a lot of fun. No, it is. <laughs> That's what happens. I was. I'm nervous at every interview, and their interviews. Who cares? But yeah. But I, I I start to get to know people, and I have fun. But I go to parties, and I I, I don't go to parties a lot. But when I, parties I have in to, LA, right? if I go to a party or if there's a lot of celebrity, I never feel like I feel like what no. am I doing here? Yeah. Do you, do you feel weird? Oh, 100. percent. Who who did who? Did, what story do you have where you met a celebrity, one of your icons, and you just didn't know what to say? And you sounded like a fucking idiot, and you left, and Hayes went, "Oh my god." Um, I'm generally too shy to say anything to people. Although we were, this was uh, maybe a couple years ago, Downton Abbey. I loved Downton Abbey. Um, and we were in line getting, waiting to go in and this guy said hi to me and I'd known him. I hadn't seen him in a long time, but he'd known my sister and he was with this girl and I said hi to her and I said, we know each other. And she gave me a funny look and I said, Danielle. And we talked for a minute and I was like, I swear we know each other. Like I can't, you I did can't what, place yeah, it. I know what you did. I can't place it. And whatever, we go in, we go into the party and it's like 30 <laughs> minutes later and I looked at Hayes. I was like, oh, we don't know each other. She's from Downton Abbey. And I just hugged her like we were best friends. So that really, you know what, that, that it's happened before because I get, I do get that a lot. People think they know me. Right. And they I think that's they, also... Yeah. Because of TV in particular. Like, I think it's a little different with actors who are on TV because they're in your home. Like, I think that's something that I've come to appreciate over the years is, like, I live in somebody's home. Like, I feel like a part of, you know, like, yeah. they're so used to seeing me on Tuesday nights in their house that it feels very familiar. So they, feel, like I did with that poor girl, felt like she was my best friend. I always fuck with people. Do you? Yeah, in a fun way. I'm very fun. Like, I, they'll go, do you want... I, do we know, we know each other? I'm like, yeah, we went to college together. And they're like, no. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, no, you're like 20 years older than me. And I'm like, huh. Oh, That's funny. Maybe I was really smart like Danielle Panabaker. Maybe. Um, but that happens a lot. The worst thing you can do, though, to someone is, what do I know you for? The from? worst. Because here's why. It's not because I don't want to whatever, converse with yeah. you. Or t- 
I feel like a freaking idiot. Yeah. And it's like, you know, inevitably I'm going to list the 18 things you've never heard of, let alone seen me on. Same thing And like me. now I look desperate and I'm sorry that I don't yeah. know exactly. What I, I fuck with people then know. too. I say, they go, what have you been in? I go, Saving Private Ryan. Have you seen that? They go, oh my God. Yeah, I wasn't in that. <laughs> I wasn't in that one. So I make it more fun. Do you? I like, I try nowadays. I'm like, do you have kids? Like, are you around kids? Because like I try and gauge what they might know me from. Because right. like if they have kids, maybe they know me from The Flash. Maybe they've watched a lot of Hallmark movies. Maybe they've watched a lot of <laughs> horror movies. Like, you know, I have a lot of different demographics. Do you know I what cover. Steve Martin would do? No. Somebody came up to him and go, hey, can I have your autograph? Or, and he goes, no, but you can have this. And he'd whip out a card and he'd give it to him and it said, you met Steve Martin. Oh, that's cute. Of course, that was Steve Martin. I like that. Yeah, if I did, it'd be like... You met Michael Rosenbaum, and then underneath, who gives a fuck? <laughs> I don't know that person. That's but that's funny. a kind of a cute thing, isn't I, it? Yeah, and I also, you know, I like the idea of like having a piece of paper. Like I'm a little old school that way, but like I think that's cool. Like, what if he just card. didn't say anything? He just gave him a business card and walked away. That's kind of what a bitch. They, I'm sure someone would say that, right? Yeah. So, the Flash, Caitlin Snow. Mm-hmm. Now. I've heard you talk about this. I think probably in the beginning of the series, you're like, okay, this is a fun role, but it's like, I want to get out of the office. I want to, st- I want to play. I want to turn into. Yes. Right. You want to, ch- and how, Absolutely. look, you're on a super, I'm on a superhero show. I want to be a superhero. Do you not think I knew when I was like, good Lex? And I was like, <laughs> when do I get bad? When, when, so how long I, did it take? I, but I, well, I didn't really become really bad till late on the show like probably started like season three and four which starts for you right yes we saw killer frost my villainous alter ego she made a very very brief appearance in season two and then she showed up at the end of season three and how much were you dying in between going why can't we be here again last year in particular was really hard because at the top of season three they promised me that all this great stuff for season three for killer frost and it's like they forgot like they just got so sidetracked with other things that it wasn't until like like they sort of talked about it in the beginning like episode seven's fantastic for Killer Frost and then I think it's about twelve episodes again before she's even referenced. Now it's a confusing world, not for the, yes, the big comic book fan. World. Smallville was sort of linear. Lex yes. is Lex is good and Clark's good and they're young and they're friends and they become bad. Yeah, and bad friendship and then Clark becomes <laughs> good. But with good you, it's like all these alternate worlds and Earths, right? That that Barry he plays Bear, Barry. Yes, right. Because I played the voice of Wally, but he's yes. Barry. Yes, and so all these different. So it's hard to you can't just come and watch season three, episode one, and know what the hell's going on. I think season one, you could really jump in at any point and and hold on to the story. And hopefully now it's season four, it'll be the same. I think we did get a little bit bogged down in time travel and multiple Earths. How confusing is that? I mean, so I have another buddy at work, Carlos, and I always look at Carlos and be like, Los, what's happening here? Like, who is this? Like, what am I supposed to know that I don't know? That's me on every movie I do, (laughs) every show. Every show I'll go. Hey, what, what are we doing today? Yeah. Oh, this is when Lex does the or whatever. Yes. I, I like to I like to be enlightened, even mm-hmm. if I know it. Sometimes yeah. I, I don't even know it when I think I know it, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah. Sometimes I act, and I'm like, wow, I watch I, I watch an episode or something I did, and I go, that was really interesting what you did, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. God, what, where, choice. where was the effing director on that <laughs> right? one? Right. Yeah. Our show, too, there's so many special effects and so much is added in post for us that it's, you know, we were fighting a bad guy last week and I was like, and and what does this look like? Like, what am I picturing? You know, and there's other people at the scene and it's like, okay, so how, where are we all looking? Like, how tall is this person? Right. Have you ever uh, walked off set? 
in the history of your acting? Have you ever just got so upset with something that you had to walk off set and deal with your emotions in the trailer? Nothing's coming to mind. I also, like, I also, I don't know why I have, like, such, I feel so much responsibility to our crew and to the people who are also there for us that, like, I feel like I would, my instinct would be to just stuff it down and deal with it later. Like, stand on your mark, say your lines, do your job, and deal with that later. Right. You know, because I, like, I feel badly if I keep, you know, if I overslept and keep 150 people waiting. Have you ever overslept? No. I set like 18 alarms. My assistant, Troy, he's been an extra on The Flash. He does a lot of extra work in Vancouver. Troy Rudolph, great guy. But he was my assistant on Smallville for the last season. Okay. And I've never been late in my entire life. And he slept through it. And he was supposed to pick me up, and I was late to work that day. Oh, my. Like that. And I was so, I was so, I didn't say a word. And the next day, I don't know how it happened, but he did it again. And he hadn't (gasps) ever done it. It's just one of those things. The power went out. Yeah. And it was just, I love him, but oh my God, I remember that day. Troy, do you remember that day? He remembers that day. Oh, yeah. It's just. It happened. Things happen. Things happen for sure. A hundred percent. But like, here's a crazy story. I fell and hit my head. I have a scar now. I fell and hit my head, ended up in the ER room. When? This is like two years ago. In the, it was a Friday. I had Friday off. I was getting ready to catch the 6 – this is dumb. I've stopped doing this. I used to take the 6 a.m. flight down from Vancouver because I wanted to get home and have a full day. And like taking a 6 a.m. flight is not fun. No, like it's not, not great. fun. The, <laughs> the only way it's doable is if you do what I did on Friday and you work all night and then you go straight from work to the airport. Then it's like, oh, 6 a.m. flight, not so bad. Um, but I was taking the 6 a.m. flight and I got up and I was lightheaded and I passed out and I hit my head. And so I hit my head and I had seven stitches. My whole face was black and blue and I still showed up at work on Monday. Did they cover it pretty good? They cut bangs and it took me a long time in makeup to try and cover all the bruising and stuff, but like still showed up to work. My God. That's like, I can't, like, I don't want to make anyone wait. What are the hours like on The Flash? They're tough. Um, Warner Brothers... I'm pretty sure doesn't allow any show to shoot more than 14 hours, but that's a 14 hour camera day, which means, you know, they don't count travel time. Oh, they don't count travel time. They don't count, you know, for the actors who have to be there at least an hour before you, that doesn't include lunch. So it's not uncommon to do. Wasn't there just an article about something that just happened? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I was interviewing Tom Welling. Where you was on the show and we remember, we talked about this, uh, he was working such insane hours that we said, you guys, we wrote a letter to Warner Brothers that you guys have to, you have to get him a car. He can't, he can't do this. Jesse and Tom Cavanaugh don't drive because they're New Yorkers. Um, and we all, at first they were trying to make Grant drive at the top of season one and we all sort of rallied behind him. That's we're exactly like, you can't, yeah. like not Grant. It just doesn't make sense in a business for as a you know business yeah. sense of the thing. It's like because it, it is long hours and it you know it's long hours for the cast and it's also long hours for the crew. But the difference is the crew can take a day off if you're overtired. Like take your Friday off. Like don't work a Friday with us. Like right. it's like do your thing. Take care of yourself. Actors, you don't really have the luxury of taking a sick day or that sort of thing. So it's exhausting mentally yeah. and physically exhausting. It's tough. You know, you want to give 100% and sometimes – it just doesn't make sense to me. Just pick me up and take me an hour – sometimes an hour drive for us. Yeah. We're nowhere. Yeah. Winter. Yes. Snow. Dark. So ice on the ground, rain. Yeah, yeah, all those things. I like – I won't talk on the phone if I'm driving – like because I learned to drive in California and grew up driving here. I won't talk on the phone when I'm driving in the rain. Like it really freaks me out. How do you – so you don't like driving in the rain at all? 
You don't like horror movies. <laughs> I'm not really painting a great picture. It's not that I don't like driving in the rain. I just get nervous. I just want to be safe. Better safe than sorry. I want to see you as a child. Why? It's like almost. I just I want to see what you like. What you were like. Like how this. There's certain things we do that we hold on to, but it's like. Oh yeah. There's there had to be something that happened as a watching a horror movie and you just never forgot. It was so horrifying that you know you walked in and. You know, your parents were I mean, uh, watching The Exorcist. Bambi gave me nightmares. Oh, like, boy. Oh, Bambi God. after the Can this be edited, <laughs> Rob? Yeah, we can. Come we can on. How did Bambi give you nightmares? Because of the birds. After the mom dies, the birds come in, and it's really sad. It's really sad. Do you I've still cry if you saw it? Yes, for sure. You'll choke up? Yes. Does your, does your husband Hayes ever say, come on, give it a break? No. He's no. so supportive, isn't he? Yeah. Does he wonderful. ever lose his cool? Is he because it's dealing with an actress is not or an actor is not easy. No, I'm so lucky. And you know, as as you know, our schedules change all the time. Like, look, to put up with the distance, it's not easy. Long distance relationships aren't easy, and he's been amazing. Do you want children? Yes. How many? Two. Will they do community theater and graduate from high school early? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on who the kids are. Do you, I don't think. Will you, you encourage know, them no matter how dumb they are? Yeah. I'll encourage them no matter what. Well, yeah, it was hard because my, my dad was really smart and my mom was really smart. And I just, I, I had ADD and really? I was colorblind. I didn't even realize it. I just felt like, what am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I alive? That stuff is hard too because, you know, as a kid, all you really know is that I'm not like everyone else. Like, you just know that you're different and you're struggling and, you know, you have feelings around that. And it, it, it's hard. It's tough. Who do you want to work with that you haven't worked with? Hmm. Oh, Damien Chazelle, who did... Um, Drummer. Yeah. Spe- uh, what's it called? You know what I'm thinking. Raw. And then just did La La Land. What's the movie that got his... an Oscar for the drums? Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash. Whiplash, yeah. yes. Yes, I loved Whiplash. I thought it was such a cool movie. I'm interested in like cool filmmakers like that. Do you expect too much out of yourself? Like, Do you, like, do you have like, hey, I want to be here by the time I'm this age? Or uh eventually i want to just not act and just raise a family and move away from here are those all these things that go through your mind like what what's going to end up you know 10 years from now with you i don't know i mean this i just turned 30 um and i think so I'm, when you were fifth when i was 15 you were zero there you go Thank you. Um, Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> so I think I had a lot of, you know, fear around 30, but I actually feel great about it. And again, I feel lucky to be working as an actor. Like I've worked for a long time. You know, there's also been periods where I wanted to be working more and I know how hard it is to get a job. Um, so I am grateful to be working as an actor. I think that's great. And I think, you you know. You just love to I am work. A, I am a control freak, and so I do think a piece of me like wants to have everything figured out for the rest of my life. But do you ever smoke pot? Not really. Have you ever smoked pot? Yeah. You don't like it. Yeah. You just you don't, you like to be in control. Yeah. It's like me. I'm not a big drinker. I don't like maybe a little puff, but it's got to be Carl's weed, which I've talked oh. about. Carl, my <laughs> friend, no, my friend specific. Carl, it's super specific because it's, it's just the things you it's know. mellow. I don't want to freak out. Like yeah. Jack Nicholson, Day 18 of The Shining. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I like, you know, my friend, uh, you know, went to Burning Man. Oh. And, you know. You did or your friend I did? I went and I never you... wanted to go. It's not for me. And oh. my friend Harlan. But you tried it. That's I awesome said, you know, that I, you tried it. Yes. And I went and, you know, somebody he was with did acid. And he's like, it was life changing. And I go, I'll never, ever do acid. Because there was this girl named Marie in college. And she was a sweet girl. And then she it did acid. Her. And she came back after that summer. And I didn't know her. She was something was off, something chemically got fucked up, and I will never do that kind of stuff. I don't trust it. I don't want to be uncomfortable going into something. Yeah, 
You know? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You don't do drugs. I don't really do <laughs> drugs. Does anybody do drugs on set? Does anybody do drugs on Trust set? Trust me, those Canadian crew. <laughs> listen to me. They're all fucked up. Not that all, I know of. Yeah, when we were doing small, I went out with those guys once. They were powdering their nose and like. Oh, uh, yeah. They were fun people. We were young. I think I'm too much of a goody goody. Like, you know, even if they were, it's not like someone would be inviting me to right. join them. Well, it seems like you got your shit going on. Thanks. You're on your fourth One day season. At a time. The fourth season of Flash. Yes. What's your uh, What's your Twitter? At D Panabaker. And what's your uh, Insta? At D Panabaker. Can we find you on Facebook? Oh, or you, you f- can. You can't even add a that friend was- <laughs> anymore, can you? Because they're all full. Uh, no, that one's just Danielle Panabaker. I'm pretty easy to find. And what's your favorite project up to date? My favorite project? Right now that you've ever done that you were just like, that was the best so far. That was the best thing I've done in terms of like enjoyment and love the project. Let's take away Flash just so you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, the one that came up for me when you said that was Empire Falls. Like that was one of the first things I'd ever done. Mm. Um, and it was a incredible job to be a part of. I mean, Paul Newman played my grandfather. Come on. Yeah. Ed Harris and Helen Hunt were my parents. Like t- Philip Seymour Hoffman was in the miniseries. Like, you know all these incredible actors to be around them and to watch them work and watch the different ways that they work um, on That's this incredible. incredible material as well. I mean, it's, Do you ever get nervous? Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you really still get nervous even on oh. The Flash? Oh, yeah. So you're, you've been doing it for three or four years, seven days a week you work, seven days mm-hmm. per episode that are nine or ten day episodes. Mm-hmm. You're doing, you're working with a lot of the same people, you're doing, but you challenge yourself, you're hard on yourself, you're insatiable. Yeah, I think so. Like I'm about to... As soon as we leave, I'm going to head to the airport, um, and I will work on my lines for the week. Do you, on my but flight. you get nervous. Yes. Like, do you feel like, well, if anybody uses this first take, they'll see me nervous? Yeah, probably. I also like break out in hives a lot. And but why? But that doesn't sound enjoyable. Why would you do something that makes you break out in well, hives why? and get nervous? That's because, what I'm asking myself. This is therapy now for me because sometimes I get be, nervous at doing things and I'm like, why am I doing it then? Because why would you do something that didn't challenge you and didn't stress you? Like, do you just want to be bored? Like, do you just want to do what you know you can or do you want to push yourself? Well, I want to push myself, but if I keep, like, after four years, I'm still breaking out in fucking lesions. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm like, something's wrong here. Like, I do stand up comedy. I just started, and I oh, honestly, that's awesome. How's I, that I, going? Well, I, you know, I would throw up or I'd have diarrhea. Really? Yeah. And then my therapist was like, Michael, this is great. I'm like, no, diarrhea and throwing up isn't great. Wait, why? Is it getting better as you do it? Yeah, I think it gets better as I do it, but I just, I'm so hard on myself with everything. Everything. And I think, you know, what I'm hearing from you is like, and that's something like every time I interview somebody, I get like Chris Hardwick. He was like, he had anxiety. He gets, you know, he doesn't, there's all these things. So the more I interview people and see how that, how people react and people are anxious and people, it makes me feel better about myself. Knowing that you get I mean, hives and break out in herpes every few hours. I didn't is, say herpes. I'm this kidding. Is I'm kidding. Just, this is not, it's not true. She's, uh, she's no, as clean I, as you could be. Uh, you know, I think it's scary when it happens, like, but you know, your heart races and then you get through it. And then you can be like, every time you do stand up, are like, don't you leave the stage going, holy shit, I did it. Like I didn't yeah. die out there. I, I like, feel great after yeah. before I want to kill myself. Well, don't kill yourself. Yeah. Um, but enjoy, like, I think it's important to enjoy the moment after and, like, really pat yourself on the back and say, like, I did it. Like, I was scared shitless and I did it. And it's still, like, it's okay. 
This has been a pleasant surprise. <laughs> well, what because I, I, I didn't know. Because let me be honest with you, okay? Before I started talking to you today, uh-huh. you know, uh, there were what five. What did the internet tell the you internet about said me? Five, I didn't even look at these, hardly at these pages, really. <laughs> I didn't even get into all this stuff. But I don't care because I, I, I talked about what I wanted to talk about and, and hopefully what you wanted yeah. to discuss. Five things you didn't know about Danielle Panabaker. Oh, goody. One, she's incredibly intelligent. We found that out. <laughs> except for math. Yeah. Two, she is extremely generous. Oh, that's a nice thing. It seems like you're a generous person. Thanks. She has worked with her sister. I have. These these are five things you so didn't So far, know. these are all true. She has earned numerous awards. Would we say numerous? Mine was loser of the year for a <laughs> wiffle ball tournament. I once won a Saturn Award for best incoming oh, actor for Smallville. Cool. But somebody, one of my friends goes, what's next? A Uranus Award? So wow, really rude. Back in my place. Number five, she started out with commercials. I mean, I mean these we are, did cover most of those. But these are the most interesting five, <laughs> five things you didn't know about Daniel Panabit. We found out more interesting you things. You did. You your did. Your fear of horror movies, <laughs> yes. your lack of doing drugs, your breaking out My sometimes in hives from yeah. nervousness. Uh, these are these. This, this is what makes you human. It and is. that's why I, I like this interview. Me too. So thanks for allowing me to be inside My of you. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.